Hey everyone, it is Jeff from Modern Combat and Survival, and welcome to podcast episode number 295, and this week's pandemic prepping update with my take on what to look for in the upcoming days, weeks, and beyond, and what you should be doing right now to prepare. So let's not waste any time and jump into this week's update. Tactical firearms training, urban survival, close quarters combat. This, this is another podcast to help you better prepare for any threat you may face in your role as a protector and a patriot. This is Modern Combat and Survival. Hey, welcome back everyone. This is Jeff Anderson, editor for Modern Combat and Survival Magazine. And as we've been doing for the last several weeks, this is my opportunity to give you my ever so humble opinion on our current state of affairs related to the COVID-19 pandemic with a focus on how to not only beat the virus, but also how to use our current situation to be better prepared for any disaster, crisis, collapse, or attack. And I know we've been talking a lot about the doom and gloom around us, and because there's a lot of doom and gloom around us, right? Um, and, and we have to. We really have to, because these are the foundations of being prepared. I mean, that foundational pillar is understanding that bad things happen to good people, that big bad things can happen, which is why you're seeing all these articles now being written about how preppers were right all along and how rich preppers are darting off to their underground bunkers in New Zealand. And, you know, this is coming out more, whereas before it was just the, the whack jobs that we leave for the History Channel or the you know doomsday prepper shows, the reality shows like they laugh until bad shit really happens, right? So this is kind of the core of what we do. We realize that bad things can happen and that being prepared for those bad things is what allows us to protect ourselves and our family because most, the vast majority of people, vast, vast majority of people are not prepared for these kinds of things. And a pandemic is one of those things that kind of snuck up on us. It should not have snuck up on us. But it snuck up on people in a very, um, a very quick way, I think. But compared to other collapses that could possibly happen, and we are in a bit of a collapse right now. I'll talk about that in, in today's show. Um, this one gave us um, a little bit of extra warning, right? So this is something that people should have been better prepared for. We even had time to prepare for things. But it really showed people that they were not ready. They were not ready for what happened. They were not, they're still not ready for what's happening. And it's a real, it's really gotten us out away from our normalcy that we've had. And that's one of the things I want to talk about as well in this show. Now, one thing that has really been working away on my mind this week hasn't been about doom and gloom. It's been about the pride that I feel in, in living in the times that we do and experiencing the things that we're experiencing right now which is what I consider to be a near evolutionary change, okay? And one thing that keeps coming back to me is the pride that I feel about being an American. Now, I'm, I know we have listeners from all around the world, and other countries can feel pride about who they are and what they stand for in their country. But I'm speaking right now as an American. So many other countries may identify with what I have to say. But as a soldier especially, there are some things that are very, very important to me, things that have become a pillar of who I am as a person, and how I conduct myself with my family and with other people, and how I protect myself and my family and other people. And the one thing I'll say, being a proud American, and all the doom and gloom we talked about, how the, the deaths are going to soar, they're going to increase, and, and things can get bad, and we can see looting, we can see protests, all these things that I predicted a couple months ago now, I think. I, I want to really, really give some semblance of hope here, all right, because... I know without a shadow of a doubt that we will get through this. 
We are Americans. We never quit. It, it is it is who we are as Americans. And I've seen this even, uh, I've talked about this a few times now, where I've, seen, I've been involved in, in crises and disasters, and I've seen people that normally would not be necessarily even talking to one another because of the vision that we have, that have pulled together because ultimately underneath everything, this is not a red America, a blue America. This is the United States of America. And I do believe in that statement, right? We never quit. We do pull together during the hardest times before we get divided again, but we do pull together. And I have no doubts that we are going to all get through this, all right? But let me give you a couple of reasons why I say this is really an evolutionary change and that there are some really key things here for us to look at as preppers, as patriots, as Americans, as as a global community. There are a lot of things that are going to come out of this that are going to be very positive, even in the space where things are most likely going to get much, much worse. We have an economy that we don't know where it's going to go. Everybody wants things to go back to normal. Everybody has their fingers crossed. We have protests that are going on now. Everybody wants things to go back to normal. That's normal. That's normalcy bias, right? We want things to get back to normal and to the point where we may even even give up on some of the things that we know are can protect us because we just want things to feel normal. Now that could no there's a whole argument there about whether those actions that we take to feel normal could also put us in more danger. That's what we're seeing play out right now. All right. But I do want to go over a few things that I think are are, are really important to be able to look at right now. Okay. I mean and and first I have to tap into my military experience and approach this like a military after action review conceptually. Okay. So a military after action review for those of you who are not in the military um, is really like when you have a, you have a mission, so you have your um, your operations order. That's your preparation before you go out on a mission. Then you go out on the mission, okay? And then when you come back from that mission, you do an after action review. So the operations order, or the op board, is really to, like given the best intel intel that we have. Here's our objective. Here's what we want to accomplish, and here's our plan to be able to do that. And everybody, every single person. From the, from the commanding general all the way on down to the last private that's going to put a, an AR-15 in their hands and they're going to, and, and, and M-14 or whatever weapon it is of the day is going to go out there and, and accomplish that mission. Everybody knows the exact same mission. Everybody knows what everybody is going to do. That's the operations order. Then you go out there and it's a soup sandwich. <laughs> I told people before my very first combat mission, we had it, we had it fully planned out. We jumped off the back of the deuce and a half, and one guy just he 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 jumped off, fell into fell into he ran up and and fell into a car to get it as cover and set off the alarm. Now this was supposed to be a surprise attack. Well, guess what? First guy off the truck, no more surprise attack. All right. So we've had plans to be able to prepare for this type of thing, even within our country. Right. We had a after Ebola, we had a. A pandemic task force that was that was put in place. We tried to learn from the mistakes that we made, and we made mistakes during the Ebola crisis that we had, which turned out, thankfully, did not really turn out to be much of a crisis at all. But we still learned from that, right? So we've had plans in place. Well, now we get to the pandemic, and now what have we learned? All right, we're already in the middle of it right now. We're learning things every single day. We're learning what things, what mistakes were made, how this wasn't prepared for early enough, how even our task force before was was disintegrated because of politics. 
we're finding out now, and we're seeing now these things that people didn't think would happen. And we're seeing a lot play out in the news. We're seeing a lot play out in the White House and in briefings and in media. And, and we're seeing people take advantage of those things and people being thrown under the bus for those things. We're seeing a lot of things right now. Okay. But to get back to my, 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 my sense right here of what we need to be doing is then you have the mission, right? So then we're in the middle of the mission right now. We're trying to beat this virus and we're trying to get back to our headquarters and the safety of our, of our base. All right. And then after we get there, that's when we do an, op an after action review. That's when we all sit down and we say, okay, well, what, this was what the plan was, what really happened. And then how do, what do we do to train for this more in the future? What lessons do we learn from this so we don't lose more people? All right. So I really look at this entire thing as a full cycle from operations order to mission to after action review. And I'm not, and we don't wait for the end of the mission to be able to do an after action review. This is a constantly changing dynamic environment that we're in right now. So we come back, we take lessons that we learn, we do an after action review during this mission. That's one of the advantages that we have here. And because of that, we are able to go ahead and make more plans and do an operations order for the next phase that we might be going into. Now I talked about some of this during my, uh, the webinar that I did in the early stages of the pandemic to tell people what they needed to do back then. I don't believe that, um, that webinar is up anymore because some of that, some of the information is, uh, still outdated. And we, and we did have, um, a special deal going on for backpacks right then. We are completely sold out of our Xbox backpacks right now. We, and because of the supply chains, are are basically disrupted now not basically they are disrupted right now we have no idea when we're going to be able to get resupplied again but my whole point there was that there are going to be different phases that we are going to see throughout this we're going to see coming together we're going to see divide we're going to see division we're going to see protests we're going to see different types of threats that people have and this is all my best guess just based upon my experience because we're really living in times that we this is really kind of unprecedented at least for my generation right so I look at this from the, the concept of an after action review. So this gives us a great opportunity because essentially we are in a mini post-apocalyptic world. Things have changed. Things, we are going to have a new normal. Um, I think if you, if you look at all the people, if you look at like videos of China, like they're used to wearing face masks in public. I mean, even long before this pandemic ever hit here, has anybody ever gone to the uh, gone to the airport and there's an Asian person who's the only person wearing a face mask? They're used to it. They know that these things are out there. So it's become normal to them. I'm not going to say that we're going to be walking around in face masks, but we could. We don't know what the new normal is going to look like. But here's what you do need to be looking at is taking advantage of the situation they're in right now to be to do exactly what preppers do and that is be prepared for the future. All right? So from an after action standpoint, what have you learned so far from what you are currently doing? How did how you prepared? What worked the way that you wanted it to work? What did you procrastinate on that you shouldn't have procrastinated on? What are you doing right now to learn from the situation that you're in? I've learned a lot. I'll go, I'll go over some of the mistakes that I've made and some of the things that I've learned right now. All right. Because a lot of people have learned what food they have available and what is shelf stable food, 
what survival supplies did you have? What did you put off on putting together? I know, I mean, I know lots of people within the industry. I have friends that own companies that are, that make survival food. Um, I have friends that have uh, retail outlets for, for survival gear. They, they can't keep things on the shelves. They are running out all the, all the freaking time here. All right. So that tells me that people very quickly realize that, yeah, you know what? It's really expensive to kind of get a, a year's worth of survival food saved up or paid for, right? It's not cheap. Although those prices have come way, way down, it's certainly not cheap. And so, yeah, that's something I need to do in the future. Well, guess what? The future kind of sometimes changes on a dime, right? And so just like everybody else, you swarm in to try and buy their survival food. Well, what did you have in your cabinets at the time where you really decided, you know what, maybe we should think about what is actually in our pantry? Or did you have that feeling like, you know what, I'm... I'm squared away. I've got everything I need in the basement. I have all my all my goods. I have canned goods or I have survival food. Is it mobile ready? We were very lucky this time that this type of a crisis allowed us to stay within our homes. In fact, you're supposed to be staying in your homes, right? You should be staying in your homes. So were you prepared for that? Or was it going to put you out in the public where things could get worse? All right, as people are hoarding. I mean, we've seen these things happen. We've seen gunfights right now with somebody who um who coughed on who coughed and didn't cover their mouth and and fights break out people are tense these things happen you need to understand those things right but look at your own preps all right for for me i can tell you one thing uh, some of the things that i've changed or things that i've i've discovered that i wasn't necessarily prepared for now i i if i do go out um which i we have been self isolating at our house we have all the food that we need we have things like that um but we don't have fresh vegetables and I want to stay healthy. This is a, this type of a crisis where your immune system is really your best weapon right here. So what are you doing to keep your immune system up? Are you getting in? Do you have, um, multivitamins that people can, that your uh, family can take? But the best vitamins and minerals you can get are going to come from fresh produce that you can get. Well, I didn't have very good access to fresh produce without going to the grocery store. So I learned some lessons there. Go to the farmer's market. It's an open air market. It's, it's better there. Okay. So you're, you have less of a threat there than going to the grocery store. Um, I recognized I was still staying on the food there. Um, I've had friends that do have large gardens and people have pulled together. And I have a friend that has tweeted out like, Hey, we are self, we are isolating. We are, we are doing social distancing, but I do have some extra food in the garden. Just go ahead and block out your time. Come on by. Bring something with you that you can exchange. And so what did I have? I got lots of alcohol, actually. <laughs> Frankly, got lots of alcohol on hand. There have been quite a, I won't say quite a few, but there have been some definite um, uh, internal margarita parties over at uh, Mikasa. So, uh, but I do have lots of wine that, frankly, isn't, isn't my favorite wine. And so I've kept those all aside. And I go look, I go shopping for veggies and I leave behind a bottle of wine there. Okay. So I'm, I'm practicing my bartering skills. What are the things that I have available that other people need and can use? And what can I, what can I do to barter for things that I do want, like fresh produce? Now I've also learned from that because I've been planning on planting a garden forever. Well, this has shown me, you know what? I procrastinate also. It's taken me forever to get my garden going. Well, I went ahead, I ordered worms. So I've got, I've actually like, why, why do just a garden? I have a, a raised bed garden now and we just put the worms in last night. I got 500 red wigglers in there and we're going to try our hand with some different vegetables around. I'm not the, I don't have the greenest thumb that's out there, but 
It's something that I learned. You know what? Something I procrastinated on. I'm not going to procrastinate anymore. Now, in certain crises, that garden might be worthless to me. It might get picked over by looters or whatever. But I know that my garden is relative, is, is safe right now. And I'm going to give it a, I'm going to give it a try. And that's going to keep me from going out there and having to go to the grocery store as these things become, become grown. Okay. So that helps out a lot. Um, I've learned <laughs> that when the balloon goes up, seemingly all of my friends from high school from decades ago have decided to reach out to me just to see how I'm doing, (laughs) you know, just to make sure that I've got everything that I need. Okay. Well, I've realized I, I like I'm out there in the public eye. I get it. I, I talk about being prepared. And so it's been very, very interesting to me how many people have reached out to me just to see how I'm doing. What does that mean for you? Have you had family and friends have you realized that you've talked too much about your preps in the past and now you're suddenly getting people that haven't been coming out of the woodwork before to, to come to your birthday party or whatever, but now all of a sudden they want to reach out and have uh, contact with you? What are the things that you can learn? What are the mistakes that you've made? What are the things that you would do more in the future? Because those are a lot of things you can do right now as well. Another thing that I've learned, the mistake that I've made is we've been, um, I have been having to go to the post office because I have been able to order like through Amazon and things. But one of my basic tenets here is to just assume that everybody has the cooties. Everybody's got the cooties. The boxes have the cooties. My groceries have the cooties. Everything is cootie filled. All right. So I'm wearing gloves and a mask and I, and I wear when I go to the post office, but so I, I assume that those gloves, which are disposable, I can I put them on right before I go in. I grab I grab what I grab, and then I come out and I assume all those boxes have cooties on them. So I only use my gloves. So now all of a sudden I've, I've realized this has happened several times. This wasn't like a like a mistake that I've made one time. This is one I I, I keep learning from it over and over again, which is I'm trying to just have the boxes. I have them in my garage. I go ahead and open them with my knife. I still have my gloves on. I open them with my knife. I pull out. Um, I have the stuff that's in there. I, op- I just open up the boxes, like the Amazon boxes, for example. And all the goods are right there. And I assume that they've been in the mail now for about three or four days. And we know that the virus doesn't last all that long. It's about 72 hours or so. So those things right there. I, I, my, my gloves have cooties. But what did I do? I took my knife out. I opened up the box. And now I put my knife back in my pocket. And I'll, darn it. I got cooties all over my knife now. Um, even getting the boxes with my gloves on, I go ahead and I put them in the car while I just grab the door handle of the car with my cootie glove. And I put the, the stuff in there and now I got cooties in my car. So I got cooties everywhere and I'm thinking, damn it, there's too many damn cooties. How am I going to stop all these cooties? So I try and learn from it each time that I do it to be able to get better at it, right? I'm going to make mistakes too, all right? You're going to make mistakes also. It's only a mistake if you don't learn from it. These are learning. These are teaching points for us. These are things that we should be doing right now that you can do your own after action review. Okay. So I challenge you to go ahead and take out a pad of paper and really start to look at the things that you are, that you, that you've gotten wrong. What have you gotten right? Talk with your family about it. Talk with your kids about it. This is a very opportune time now for families to get together and really talk about preparedness because before it was doom and gloom, it was bad and nasty, and it was really hard to talk about certain things that we talk about like in our podcast. And we don't have to talk about, you know, looters breaking through our, our, our picture window and our sliding glass door. 
but we can talk about them. Hey, what are some things that you've discovered in this? This is an opportunity to teach our children, our grandchildren, ways to be better prepared. Probably the same way that our my grandparents taught my parents about after the Great Depression and, and, and ways to you know be prepared for things that, that bad, really bad things can happen. All right. Okay, so that was the first thing, is looking at this as an after-action review. All right, second uh, thing that I'm finding really interesting right now is that this is a constitutional test, unlike anything that I've ever seen in my generation. Now, I will go ahead and preface this as I normally do, that I am um, relatively apolitical. I would more consider myself a constitutional purist. Because maybe that's just my, my position as, uh, as a soldier. I took an oath to defend the Constitution. The Constitution, it, it just, when I think about our democracy, when I think about freedom and I think about liberty, I think about everything that our country went through to be able to get our freedom and our liberty. And the Constitution of the United States and how much blood, sweat, and tears went into that document and how it is a moving document. It is, a, it is something that is tested nonstop. That is the reason why we have checks and balances in there to avoid a king taking over and having tyrannical rule over our country. But this is a constitutional test, unlike what we've seen in my generation. So I will say that um, as far as politically, um, I am on both sides of the aisle on different topics. Okay, Um, most people know by now I am not a Trump fan. I have never been a Trump fan. I have very good reasons to not be a Trump fan as a soldier, especially And I won't go into all those reasons because I don't care if you are a Trump fan. I don't care. This podcast and everything is not about politics, even though I sometimes get on my soapbox and I go off a little bit. I'm not looking to get into political debate. I don't care what it is that you believe because I believe you have a right to survive. You have a right to be free. And how you do that is up to you. Your vote belongs to you. But one thing that I've seen, not a but, I won't say a but, all right, but, as I say but again, right, all right, but, it's not about buts, but, all right, we we are, I just, this is like a spectator sport in, in some ways, but we have an active role in this, okay? Lies and lack of information are always going to be fed to the sheep of our society because We, as the citizens of the United States, to the politicians in our government, from the commander, I won't even, I can't even say commander in chief, from the president on down, all right, is that we are seen as the checkers players. Very simple, just take what's fed to us, believe what I tell you because I said it. And the politicians see themselves as the chess players. They do have more information. It is a more complicated board that they're, that they're playing on there, right? So they see themselves as the chess players, and we are just the lowly little checkers players to be manipulated by media and by lies during briefings, all right? In reality, though, it is the chess board that will always win. Think about that for a minute. There's checkers, there's chess. And on that chest, there is a board. That board never wins or loses. It is always just there, which means it always wins. It is what happens behind the scenes of what we see right now that really powers our politics. And if you look closely, you will see this. You will see how, as as much as people want to say the left media, you can look at the right media being, in fact, I've seen a lot more manipulation on right media as I have on left media, but I see it on both sides there. 
But I'm just saying, be your own free individual. Be your own self-thinker. Because the chess board is the one that's really at play here. Now, that's not to say that we are powerless to the chessboard, to the to the, the, the what's behind the politicians, the lobbyists, the people with the money are the ones that they put the money out there. Politicians know that in order for them to get elected, they need money. There's dirty tricks. There's all this stuff that's happening there, right? This is the swamp. This is the swamp that was supposed to get drained that we are going to see, and this is my prediction now, you are going to see how that, dra- how that, that swamp that was supposed to get drained is a literal quicksand now. Worse than I think it's ever been. Now, again, I don't think that we are powerless to the politicians or the lobbyists or the money behind Washington that's really driving everything. The very right to vote is our strongest weapon as Americans, which is why I think that voter suppression is the ultimate form of constitutional tyranny by our politicians. The absolute ultimate form of constitutional constitutional tyranny known to our free society because it tries to suppress our most basic right as Americans to choose our leaders. But I digress. Make no mistake here. We are watching a constitutional test right before our eyes. From totalitarianism to giving authority back to the states, which is what the Constitution really had in mind there, right? Or was it in mind? I don't know. Was it? That's what I'm saying. Like, it is a moving, dynamic document that we are testing all the time. And it's up to us as Americans to decide what we want to do with it. Okay? Do we need an authoritarian rule? One of the, uh, the very beginning of the podcast that I, that I talked about was that, um, you know, chi- one of the reasons why China and other countries were able to get things under control is because of a more totalitarian, not necessarily rule, but totalitarian governing, like shutting people into their homes early. Like China, they've had to deal with this stuff much longer than we have. So they've made their mistakes. They, and they have a type of government where they can put soldiers out in the streets and say, no, you're not coming out of your home. You stay there, and that's what brings it down, right? But would we do that here? Now, I said in earlier podcasts, that's kind of what's a sort of needed if you want to do this. But is it worth our freedom? Is it worth our liberty? Is it worth, is it worth stomping on the constitutional rights that we have to force us to be more protected as a society, to force other people? Now, I think there's a whole lot here that we could discuss about this is like, well, I believe that you should feel free and, and, and have all the rights in the world to do whatever it is that you need to do for yourself as long as it doesn't hurt other people. Now, that you that 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 hurting of other people is is freeing the restrictions and opening America back up and just letting people go back out um, without the right information is that harming other people? Does it put me at risk if I don't have the virus and you do, and you don't do what you need to do to protect other people? And be, not to mention people are asymptomatic, right? So we, that's that's the biggest challenge here is that you might think I'm not sick. I'm going out with the other people that aren't sick. But we found out that people that aren't sick can are still giving it to people because you're asymptomatic, right? You actually are sick. You just don't know it. So this is a real constitutional test right before eyes. And I'm not blaming the president for this because I feel like this, these are unprecedented things and is up to us. My ultimate thing here to get across to you is that it is we the people. We the people. 
It is our vote. It is our right to demonstrate. It is our right. Whether I feel like the protests are, are right or wrong, doesn't matter. Those are our rights. But it's very interesting to watch how all of this comes about here. Okay, so, But here's my thing. One thing is for sure here. That swamp is swampier than ever. And we're already seeing reports of this. Lack of oversight of relief funds are, are, are out there now. We, we have checks and balances in place. We have a Congress. We have a Senate. We have, we have one Democratic rule. We have one Republican rule. These are supposed to be the checks and balances that we have. And Congress has the ability, has that constitutional power, to be able to have oversight over the funds of our country. And, but that's being challenged right now. Nope, you're not going to have oversight. Well, how many $4,393 screwdrivers do we need to have in the military to be able to, for us to finally see that this is a military industrial complex? The wealthy are always going to get wealthier. Donors will be paid back. Political donors will be paid back with favors as they always have been in every administration, Democrat, Republican, whatever. You can always be sure that money is going to flow through Washington and favors will be given back. It's our tax dollars. We've added trillions now to the national debt. In fact, even before the pandemic hit, our, our budget deficit doubled when it was supposed to shrink. Folks, we need to wake up. We need to, we need to take back our country as we the people. And you start to do that with yourself, your family, and protecting yourselves. And that's what, uh, that's where I'm tying all this together right here is that our power comes with how we protect ourselves, the freedom and liberty that we have to be able to defend ourselves, be able to prepare for ourselves, to be able to be the ones that survive in a major crisis, to be able to even thrive through this. But it's part of a bigger picture that we have to play in. We are on that chessboard. We are chess play. We are, we are the people that are on that chessboard. All right. You are the only one that can decide which move you're going to make. You are. Don't blame it on your boss at work that you, that had to lay you off. Don't blame it on the government. Don't blame it on the president. Don't blame it on the left, the right, or anybody. We as free Americans have the right and the responsibility to protect ourselves, our democracy, and our families. And so we do that with the things that all we can do is, is the best that we can with what we have at the time. This is your opportunity right now. This is not a, this is not a, um, I, I'm, I'm tired of looking at things as things happening to us. These things happen for us. And so take advantage of this opportunity you have right now to reassess your own beliefs, your own preparedness, your own safety, your own, your own freedoms. And make your own decisions about what you're going to do with them and put together a plan. Put together your preparedness plan. Decide on what you're going to do with your family. Talk with them about this. Talk about everything that's happening right now. This is an opportunity for us as we're cooped up in our houses to have more discussion as families. Oh, this has brought a lot, this has brought a lot of families closer together. And I want you to capitalize on that. Don't go back to just, you know, your Facebook messages and everybody just staring at their phones at the restaurant. This is your opportunity to reconnect with family and to learn from these things and be able to make tomorrow brighter than our past. And trust me, folks, it will be brighter. It will be different, but it will be brighter. Good things will come of this. 
bad things will come out of this, but that's going to be up to you what you make of it. Now, I didn't really plan on this ending up as a, as a pep talk. I really didn't end for, mean for it to really be a, a political conversation either. Um, I guess this was more of a rant, but I hope that there were at least some things in this that you were able to pull out and maybe resonated with you. And maybe some things really pissed you off. I'm willing to take those things on also. As most people know that have been listening to my podcast for a while, I love to change my mind. Now, you're not going to change my mind politically on stuff. However, um, I want to know what is it that you've learned from everything that's happening here. And I do want to keep this as apolitical as possible because I do, um, because our, our blog and our magazine and, and what we write about really is about, about personal freedom and survival. It's about, it's about us as individuals, not without political biases or anything like that. It's about everybody has the right to be free and, 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 and defend themselves and, and be safe and secure, right? Um, so it really is about that. But I want to know what is it that you're learning through this process? What actions have you taken to learn upon, learn about the, um, learn from those mistakes that you've made, as well as maybe gaps that you didn't even know were gaps, right? Go ahead and leave, leave a comment on our blog. I'd love to hear from you. You want to challenge me on something? Go ahead and leave it there. I promise that I will go back and look at the comments there. I'll respond to everything that's that's on there as well. Um, haven't been as good about that in the last uh, couple of weeks, actually. Just having some own stuff going on for uh, for myself that I'll talk about in a in an upcoming episode here relatively soon. Um, but I've had a lot going on. But um, and so thanks to Buck Green also for stepping in and helping out with the podcast. I really want to thank him. He and I have uh, very different views in some ways, and I see some of his views come across. Um, his political stuff comes across sometimes. And um, and we have we do have different views, but we are able to come together, he and I, and even talk about things and learn from one another and from the mistakes that we've made. And, and um, it's a great opportunity. I've seen, I like to listen to people um, that have differing opinions of my, different opinions than mine, because that helps me to see things from a different angle. I know I don't have all the answers. I just have what I think are the best answers for me, but I love to learn. I love to learn from other people. Um, I'd rather learn from other people's mistakes than make those mistakes myself. So I'd love to learn from you as well. So please go ahead and leave a comment on our blog over at moderncombatandsurvival.com in this episode, number 295. I look forward to seeing those. And until our next Modern Combat, Modern Combat and Survival broadcast, this is Jeff Anderson saying, prepare, train, and survive. This has been Modern Combat and Survival. We hope you've enjoyed the show. You can help us out by rating our podcast on iTunes and leaving a comment. You can check us out on Facebook at facebook.com backslash Modern Combat and Survival. And don't forget to claim your free subscription to Modern Combat and Survival magazine at www.moderncombatandsurvival.com. Lock and load. And we'll see you next time. This has been Modern Combat and Survival. <laughs>